Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Back from the Borderline. I'm your host, Molly, and we're back for another premium submarine exclusive episode. If you are not a subscriber on Patreon, you'll get a free preview of this episode, but if you are a premium submarine, you get the whole enchilada. Today's episode was inspired by this anonymous email from one of my premium subscribers, and she writes, Molly, why do I love to gossip? It's embarrassing. I'm an adult, and I know that things are not my business, and yet I can't stay out of anyone's business. I always need to know the tea. I've gotten better about it in recent years, but as I build self-awareness and work on myself, but ugh, I still want to know even the most mundane details about every situation. I live for celebrity drama. Throughout my life, since literal childhood, I've always had problems with FOMO, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It's embarrassing. These days, I don't gossip as much anymore, especially not about people in my own life, but I always find myself wanting to and need to stop myself. I would love your insights on this. How can I stop loving gossip? Well, first, I thought this was a really brave thing to admit. The very fact that we can look at ourselves straight in the face and say, this is a problem. This isn't something I should be doing. I really wanna break this habit. That is a massive step in the right direction. And if you're anything like me, someone who has maybe grown up really with a pattern of oversharing and feeling like you need to maybe gossip to make connections with people because you maybe don't believe that you're good enough as you are. Also, we grew up in an era, especially those in the millennial Gen Z generation, watching gossip be glorified. It's been plastered all over social media, the tabloids when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, it's just part of our social fabric. 
And so to be able to really unpack this issue is prescient in our current times, I believe. So I've put together a ton of research on this and I'm really excited to get into the details about gossiping. We're getting into it. So if this is something that you have an issue with or if gossiping and bullying and shaming behavior like this has ruined your life, you will find this episode very interesting. So without further ado, let's dive into my deep dive on gossip. Whenever I think about gossip, I think about one particular scene from a movie that I guarantee every single person listening to this podcast has seen already. I'm going to play a little clip from it now. Gretchen thinks you're mad at her because she's running for spring fling queen. Oh my god, I'm not mad at her. I'm worried about her. I think somebody nominated her as a joke or something. I mean, nobody votes for her. She's going to have a total meltdown. And who's going to have to take care of her? Me. So you don't think anyone will vote for her? Katie, she's not pretty. I mean, that sounds bad, but whatever. The Spring Fling Queen is always pretty. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that it should be Karen, but people forget about her because she's such a slut. Anyway, I gotta go. I'm going to bed. Well, she's not mad at you. Hold on. Are you okay? Hello? If someone says something bad about you, you'd want me to tell you, right? No. What if it was someone you thought was your friend? What do you... Hold on, other line. I'm not taking this anymore. Good for you, Gretch. Hello? Let's go out. Okay, hold on. I'm on the other line with Gretchen. Don't invite Gretchen. She's driving me nuts. Hold on. Okay, hurry up. It's Regina. She wants to hang out with me tonight, but she told me not to tell you. Do not hang out with her. Why? You don't want me to tell you. Oh, she can tell me. Hold on. Oh my god, she's so annoying. Who is? Who's this? Gretchen. Right. Hold on. Oh my god, she's so annoying. I know, just get rid of her. Okay, what is it? Regina says everyone hates you because you're such a slut. She said that? You didn't hear it from me. A little harsh, Gretch. Whatever, she has a right to know. I can't go out. you whore. I mean, that scene is iconic. (laughs) I'm sick. And boo, you whore. I mean, those were two catchphrases of my entire generation. And listening to that is funny, but then it also, for many of us, might bring back some really fucking bad memories from being in middle school, which arguably is the worst time in any teenage girl's life potentially other people too but growing up as a teenage girl in the early 2000s with this kind of atmosphere was horrific and gossiping is incredibly painful and i remember engaging in gossiping and just being happy that it wasn't me being gossiped about but if you know anything about gossiping girls you know that if people are going to gossip to you, it means that they're probably also capable of gossiping about you and very likely are doing so. Even if you think that you're best of friends, as evidenced in this clip from Mean Girls, the three best friends, Gretchen, Karen, and Regina, on the outside, you know, they are the clique to be. But in reality, 
in the actual social dynamic, it is incredibly dysfunctional and toxic. And it brings up a lot of this toxic shaming and dysfunctional systems talk that we've been having on the podcast. And we just had in our interview with Tani this week on the main version of the podcast talking about how there can be dysfunction in all different types of systems. And there can absolutely be dysfunctional, toxic shaming, gossiping, and scapegoating in friend groups, especially during the hyper insecure times of middle school. But sadly, gossip doesn't stop in middle school. We like to believe that we grow out of this kind of stuff, but we don't. So gossip is a ubiquitous and often insidious aspect of human communication. And when we talk about insidious, insidious to me just means sneaky. It's not always obvious. It's an undercurrent that's happening behind the scenes. Gossip weaves its way through our workplaces, our social circles, and even our closest friendships. This episode we are going to embark on a journey together to dissect the layers of gossip, shedding light on the impact it has on our personal relationships, our mental health, and social dynamics at large. We are going to be guided by the research I've done, which gleans insights from psychologists, therapists, some of my real life experiences, and we're going to delve into the reasons behind gossip, its potential health implications, and strategies to overcome this if this has become a deeply ingrained habit for you because you're not alone. This is something I still have to resist. And since I have pretty much cut gossiping out of my life entirely, the quality of my life and relationships has skyrocketed. I also don't have that ever looming feeling of guilt and shame that you're just going to wonder if someone's going to tell what you've said. Being free from that burden is incredible. So as we navigate the concept landscape of gossip, we're going to explore why people gossip in the first place and whether there are developmental and psychological purposes and motivations behind this behavior. We're going to draw from recent studies. We're going to challenge conventional stereotypes, such as the perception that women always gossip more than men. But instead, we unravel the strategic nature of gossip, particularly around women, unveiling some darker competitive motives. The detrimental effects of gossip on mental health come under scrutiny mainly because there's a focus on the physiological responses triggered by the act of gossiping. Cortisol, the stress hormone, takes center stage as we examine how gossip-induced spikes in adrenaline and cortisol can actually lead to long-term health issues from anxiety to PTSD kind of symptoms. We'll then venture into the realm of adolescence where we address the brutal reality of teenage gossip, exploring how it perpetuates cruelty and creates toxic social environments, especially in middle schools, as we've already discussed. Insights from personal narratives will expose the gravity of gossip's impact on young minds and lasting consequences for those on the receiving end of gossip. But our exploration on this episode won't just stop at understanding the nuances of gossip. It's going to extend into practical strategies for anybody looking to break free from this habit. 
So with advice from therapists that I've found and other individuals on the internet who have successfully curtailed the gossip in their lives, I'm going to offer you some actionable steps to more consciously communicate and differentiate between venting and gossiping and be able to positively redirect conversations when you are in an environment where you think you might slip into gossiping. We live in a world where gossip is normalized. So this episode is going to serve as a guide for anyone seeking to transform their communication habits because through awareness, more intentional and conscious communication and fostering better and quite frankly, more interesting dialogue in our lives, we actually can contribute to healthier relationships and a more supportive social fabric because to change anything, you have to start where you are. This conversation is going to help to empower you to navigate conversations with empathy, respect, and a commitment to doing something radically different, like building each other up rather than tearing each other down. So to really dive in to this conversation, we need to talk about what is gossip. Gossip is often dismissed as casual chatter or harmless banter. It is a multifaceted form of communication deeply ingrained in human social dynamics. And to unravel the essence of gossip, it's imperative to delineate its various dimensions, motivations, and consequences. At its core, gossip can be broadly defined as the act of sharing information about someone who is not present. This definition devoid of moral judgments, allows us to dissect gossip as a neutral communicative behavior. However, the neutrality of this definition is often overshadowed by the pervasive negative connotations associated with gossip in societal discourse. Contrary to popular belief, gossip is not a monolithic entity. And what do I mean by that? When we refer to an organization or system as monolithic, we're critical of it because it's very large and slow to change and doesn't seem to have different parts and different characters. But with gossip, it's not monolithic, even though we think of it just as this one glob of the same same. Psychologists and researchers distinguish between different types of gossip, highlighting how diverse it actually is. Positive gossip, characterized by sharing uplifting or admirable information about absent individuals, contrasts sharply with negative gossip, which involves spreading detrimental information or rumors. And to demonstrate positive gossip, where best can we go for the example? Then right back to our favorite movie, Mean Girls. Check this out. She's the queen bee, the star. Those other two are just her little workers. Regina George. How do I even begin to explain Regina George? Regina George is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. One time she met John Stamos on a plane. And he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Again, I mean, the movie is iconic. I am biased, but 
It's a relic of my generation. And that is an example of positive gossip. Get what I'm saying? It's characterized by sharing uplifting or admirable information. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily true in the case of our little clip with Regina George here, but it contrasts sharply with negative gossip, which includes spreading detrimental information or rumors. All right, we're going to get right back into this week's free preview of the premium exclusive episode on gossiping. But part of what allows me to make content freely available to you is the use of dynamically inserted ads, similar to the kind of stuff you'll see on YouTube. So please enjoy, and if not enjoy, deal with this short ad break. And right after that, we'll get right back into the preview. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Moreover, neutral gossip encompasses the sharing of just factual details about a discernible positive or negative bias. One common misconception revolves around the notion that gossip is solely fueled by malicious intent or idle curiosity. But in reality, gossip serves various social functions, acting as a means of bonding, information exchange, and even a form of conflict resolution. The act of gossiping enables people to connect emotionally. It helps them establish common ground through shared narratives and experiences. It also serves as a conversational glue, fostering a sense of community among those engaged in gossip. And if you've ever participated in gossip, especially when maybe you felt a little bit outside of the group or you felt a little bit of insecurity and you could kind of really feel that sense of, ah, we're all in it together, hating on this person. Even if it's a celebrity, even if it's a political figure, you feel like you can bond so much more easily when you're hating on the same thing or idea or person. But the intricate web of gossip extends beyond its social functions to encompass darker motivations. Studies reveal that gossip can manifest as a strategic tool, particularly in more competitive environments. The same research suggests that women in particular might use gossip as a weapon in romantic competition, sharing reputation-damaging information about perceived threats to their romantic success. This strategic dimension of gossip adds complexity to its understanding, challenging preconceived notions about the motivations behind this behavior. 
How many of you remember being in middle school when a girl, because typically and 99% of the time it is a girl because I still have yet to see in my junior high days when a boy was slut shamed or called out for sleeping around. And half the time, some of these rumors weren't even true, but groups of girls typically would start calling another girl a slut or something of that nature because this girl maybe hooked up with, kissed, or just was in a romantic connection with a guy that this other girl liked. One of these things happened to me. I was engaged in a little bit of a flirtation and this was so innocent. I was probably 13 or 14 and I had a crush on this guy and we kind of started passing notes back and forth in class. And soon after that, I was part of a malicious attack campaign hosted where else other than AOL Instant Messenger, where a group of girls under false screen names, which happened a lot back then, girls taking anonymous screen names, getting together with groups of each other and harassing girls online and saying horrible things to them. That happened to me. I was on AIM or AOL Instant Messenger one night and a screen name of a user I wasn't familiar with added me. And so of course, when you're a teenager, you're going to add it back. And it ended up that it was just a group of girls that I went to school with and they refused to say who they were. And they were just attacking me, threatening me vaguely and bullying me. And it led to some of the most like suicidal, sad, depressed times of my middle school life. And this stuff happened all the time. Another way that gossip happens in competitive environments is in workplaces. I have so many conversations with friends of mine about this exact thing. When you engage in gossip at work, when you think that stuff is going to stay at work and you open up maybe on like a work night out and you get drunk and then you overshare, this is the kind of information that can be used against you as a weapon with people that you're supposedly your work friends. They're your friends until they're not until there's a promotion at stake or something happens to where you're no longer in the in-group or you need to call someone out on bad behavior and they have all this information against you. Gossip really gives people a loaded gun. Gossip as a habitual aspect of communication can have really profound impacts on both our mental and physical health. The act of gossiping triggers the release of stress hormones, as we already discussed in the intro, including cortisol, leading to prolonged states of physiological arousal. And this sustained activation of the body's stress response systems can result in increased feelings of helplessness, anger, and anxiety over time. This intricate interplay between gossip and our body's stress mechanisms underscores the significance of examining its implications on our overall well-being. You will remember very, very clearly how it feels when you've gossiped, when you really feel like you maybe shouldn't, and how much anxiety, stomach ache, throat closing up feeling, that is your body's stress response and you are robbing yourself out of health by engaging in this kind of behavior. And anyone who's been bullied or gossiped about and had horrific rumors spread about them will also know how this disrupts your health. You can get literally and physically sick from this type of abuse and behavior. 
In the context of adolescence, gossip takes on a really harsh and damaging form. In middle schools and teenage social circles, gossip often transforms into a tool for social exclusion, scapegoating, and bullying. Gossiping in our developmental years, witnessing this kind of cruelty, derogatory labels like sluts and whores and all sorts of horrible things, they have their consequences on our developing psyche. When it comes to navigating the labyrinth of gossip, it becomes really crucial to distinguish between venting and gossiping. While venting involves sharing personal experiences or emotions to seek understanding or resolution, gossip often entails the dissemination of information about someone without their consent, frequently accompanied by judgment or rumor mongering. Being able to recognize this distinction between venting and gossiping is vital as a first step for fostering healthier communication habits for ourselves. And we're going to dive into more detail on that in a bit. But as a whole, the essence of what I want us to take away from this deep dive is that gossip is going to emerge as a really complex and nuanced phenomenon. It encompasses both positive and negative aspects, just like anything else. Its role in social bonding, conflict resolution, and even strategic competition paints a pretty dynamic picture of this communicative behavior because that's what it is. It is a communication behavior with purposes and functions that can go awry and become toxic, just like anything else, just like toxic positivity. So as we dive deeper into the layers of the concept of gossip, our exploration here is going to also include the strategies for overcoming the more harmful aspects of it with the ultimate goal of promoting more conscious and positive communication for any of you listening. So now let's get nerdy. Let's dive into the psychology and the evolutionary drives behind gossip as a behavior. Because gossip is a pervasive aspect of human interaction and it's intrigued scholars and thinkers throughout history. To comprehend why we engage in gossip, it's essential to explore its roots, its potential evolutionary functions, and the insights offered by psychological theories. So at a fundamental level, gossip emerges as social currency woven into the fabric of human relationships. Anthropologists are people who study the characteristics of past and present human communities through a variety of techniques. In doing so, they investigate and describe how different people of our world lived throughout history. So anthropologists aim to study and present their human subjects in a clear and unbiased way. So anthropologists propose that gossip functions as a means of information exchange within social groups, aiding in the formation of alliances, the establishment of social norms, and the identification of trustworthy individuals. So in this light, gossip becomes like a tool for navigating the complexities of social dynamics and reinforcing communal bonds. And we needed this to be able to survive. So almost all human behavior is adaptive. We do things to help us survive. We've talked all about developmental trauma in childhood and so much 
developmental trauma, even though they can be behaviors that we grow up and they become maladaptive, in childhood, we developed some of these behaviors to survive dysfunctional systems and to maintain our status in these groups, these communities, or our family systems. Evolutionary psychologists dive even deeper into the origins of gossip, suggesting that its prevalence might be rooted in adaptive mechanisms. There's something called the social brain hypothesis, and it theorizes that the evolution of larger brains in humans was driven by the need to navigate intricate social structures. So gossip within this social brain hypothesis framework becomes a cognitive tool for processing and disseminating information about other people, contributing to the development of social intelligence and group cohesion. So in essence, gossip might have actually served as an evolutionary advantage, enhancing our ability to navigate the intricate web of interpersonal relationships. I mean, you've seen it play out. People that are very good at gossip, but in doing it in a way where they don't get caught and can really start, they can control the narrative. They can rise to the top of the ranks. I mean, I am a big nerd and love studying all things medieval and especially around the Tudor time period of the Middle Ages and courts of kings and queens in the Middle Ages, the courtiers, if you were good at gossiping but keeping your hands clean and knowing all the dirt on everyone, you could rise to the top of the power hierarchy very quickly. You could put your children in positions of power. You could marry them off to the right people. And this is just the way that it went. So from a psychological perspective, renowned theorists and researchers have offered insights into the underlying motivations and mechanisms of gossip our favorite psychology daddy, or maybe not our favorite all the time, Sigmund Freud, the father of psychoanalysis, explored gossip as a manifestation of unconscious desires and the complex interplay between the id, ego, and superego. And if you're not a psychology nerd like me, just stay with me. It's fine. You don't need to know the difference between the id, the ego, and the superego. Freud's lens reveals gossip basically as a way of expressing repressed emotions and desires, providing a window into the hidden recesses of the human psyche. Building on Freud's foundational work, more contemporary psychologists have dived into the socio-cognitive aspects of gossip. For example, Robin Dunbar's social brain hypothesis mentioned earlier in the evolutionary context emphasizes the role of gossip in maintaining social bonds and navigating complex social structures. Dunbar suggests that gossip, by facilitating the sharing of information about absent individuals, allows for the construction and maintenance of social hierarchies, as I described in my little sidebar about the courts of medieval England, for example. In addition to this, researchers like Ralph Rosnow highlight the multifaceted nature of gossip, distinguishing between positive and negative gossip. So positive gossip, which we've already talked about, involves sharing favorable information about other people. It might serve as a mechanism for social bonding and reinforcement of pro-social behavior. But negative gossip, on the other hand, can be seen through the lens of social identity theory 
where individuals engage in derogatory gossip to strengthen what's called in-group cohesion and delineate boundaries between social groups. And guess where we're going back to, to show you exactly how this plays out in the clicks scene, the cafeteria scene for Mean Girls. Check it out. Here, this map is gonna be your guide to North Shore. Now, where you sit in the cafeteria is crucial because you got everybody there. You got your freshmen, ROTC guys, preps, JV jocks, Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, unfriendly black hotties, girls who eat their feelings, girls who don't eat anything, desperate wannabes, burnouts, sexually active band geeks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst. Beware of the plastic. So you see, we're going to just reiterate that after you heard that. Negative gossip, on the other hand, can be seen through the lens of social identity theory, where individuals engage in derogatory gossip to strengthen in-group cohesion and delineate boundaries between social groups. That's exactly what you just heard. Because listen, listen to just the, the blanket statements she's making, you know, unfriendly black hotties, the, the Asian nerds, the not cool jocks, the cool jocks. It's all of these in-group things. It is just labeling people with blanket shit that just is so judgmental and derogatory. Let's talk about what even the phrase in-group means. In-group cohesion refers to the degree of solidarity, unity, and camaraderie among members of a particular group or social unit. It also describes the extent to which individuals within the group feel connected to each other. They share a sense of belonging and work together towards common goals. And again, just like anything else, in-group cohesion isn't always bad. Factors that contribute to in-group cohesion include shared values, common goals, interpersonal relationships, and a sense of identity or belonging. Cohesive in-groups, the members of these groups are more likely to cooperate, communicate effectively, and exhibit a sense of loyalty to the group, which in Mean Girls, you can see these different groups of people are friends for a reason. They share similar identities. They share similar passions and interests. But here's where it gets dark. On the other hand, too much in-group cohesion can potentially lead to groupthink. And groupthink is something that we all need to be very careful about right now because there's a lot of it going on. In-group groupthink is where members prioritize harmony over critical thinking, resulting in decisions that might not be very well considered, to put it very mildly. So when in-group cohesion and groupthink combine in a more toxic way, it can really, really intersect with gossip and several harmful consequences might emerge. First is to do with confirmation bias and stereotyping. In-group cohesion can lead to confirmation bias where group members favor information that confirms their existing beliefs. Gossip within a tightly knit group might reinforce stereotypes about individuals outside the group. This fosters a really close-minded perspective and perpetuates harmful judgments, as you just heard in that Mean Girls clip with Janice breaking down the different cliques in the cafeteria. So another thing that's really harmful that can come from these dynamics is exclusion and alienation. 
All right, everyone, that's it for this week's preview of our premium exclusive episode of Back from the Borderline. When I tell you this episode goes in, we go in. The episode's almost an hour and a half long and I dive into everything. The rest of this episode, you're going to be able to hear more about the psychology of gossip, how to tell when gossip actually turns from positive to more toxic. We dive into celebrity gossip and tabloid culture and how that became almost like part of our social fabric. We talk about why women are typically seen as gossiping more than men. There's some surprising new research that sort of refutes this, but then I talk a little bit more about my personal experience. We talk about the difference between venting and gossip and how to stop gossiping if you have a habit of it. We go deep into detail on that and how to break this habit if it's something that you struggle with, how to respond when people try to gossip to you about other people, how to handle it when people are gossiping about you, and then we finish up with an exploration of how different spiritual traditions view gossip and kind of have a little bit of laugh at how hypocritical it is because, spoiler alert, there's a lot of hypocrites, (laughs) religious people saying that, you know, they follow their spiritual beliefs, but every single major spiritual tradition says gossiping equals not good, but we keep doing it. So anyway, I'm really excited about this episode. I did a ton of research. And so if you would like to unlock this full hour and a half gossiping exploration, as well as hundreds of hours of additional BFTB content and join our Discord community, you can become a premium submarine on Patreon today by clicking the link in the episode description or just searching back from the borderline on Patreon. But if not... Thanks so much. You can support my work by leaving a review, rating the podcast. Like actually, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, please do. It really, really helps me and it takes two seconds of your time. Share episodes with a friend or join our free community on Instagram and follow me at Back From The Borderline. But for now, that's it and I'll see you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.